0: Hi, welcome to Building a Business That Lasts. My name is Jay Owen, and I'm your host, on a quest towards stories, tips, and ideas that will help you grow a business without being stressed out, worn out, and ready to quit. Each week, I'll interview other business owners who have successfully grown businesses of all types for many years. It's my hope that these conversations will help you build a business that lasts. On this episode, I interview Mark K. Mark has been in the radio business for decades, and what's really cool about this show is if you've ever thought to yourself, I'd love to have a podcast, I'd love to have a vlog, I'd love to have my own show, Mark has made an amazing transition from being a traditional radio broadcaster to somebody who also has all kinds of awesome shows online and teaches people how to have their own show. So you're going to love this episode if you ever thought about doing your own show, and even if you haven't, you can learn some amazing stuff from Mark, especially how to transition from a traditional environment of something like radio into the modern era of the internet and all the jobs that can come out of it. Before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to let you know about a special offer on my brand new book, Building a Business That Lasts, just like the podcast title. It just came out and you can grab a free copy today. All you've got to do is cover the cost of shipping and handling. I can't wait to get this in your hands. Go online right now and grab your copy. Just go to getjaysbook.com. That's getjaysbook.com and you can get your free copy copy sent right out to you. So go check it out. And without any further ado, here is Mark K. Hey, Mark, thanks for being on the show.
1: Oh, Jay, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. This is gonna be great.
0: So I'm really excited to have you because I've listened to you for years on the radio. Uh, You're just an awesome personality. And I think you've got some really great insights that's gonna help our audience. So it's gonna be a great show.
1: Uh Uh Uh-oh, no pressure. (laughs) (laughs) No, No, I appreciate that. And thank you for listening. I definitely appreciate that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things I always like to start out with is, just letting you give a little bit of your story. We got a lot of small business owners who are listening to the show who maybe they've been in business a couple of years. Maybe they're just starting a business. Maybe they're trying to start something new. And I love for people to get a little bit of perspective for what your you know, entrepreneurial journey has looked like. You've kind of had a, a career doing all kinds of stuff and now you're kind of doing a lot of new things as well. So just kind of give us your journey as much as you want from where you started to where you are now.
1: Well, yeah. And I, like, and I appreciate you taking the time and I I definitely hope that your audience uh, finds this valuable. I'm in a unique position because I am an entrepreneur and also an employee. And I'm not looking to, you know, I'm not looking to change either one of those. A lot of people are like, I want to fire my boss. I want to quit my job. I want to work from home or live the laptop lifestyle or, you know, sit on the beach like we all see, which doesn't happen, by the way. You can't use a computer. On the beach, if you ever see anyone <laughs> with a computer on a beach, the glare from the sun is ridiculous. You yeah, can't invisible. even look at your your iPhone. But anyway, that people want that, I'm quite happy doing my my now two radio shows. I host a morning show, uh, which is kind of a fun hoo ha, goofy call. Let's tell jokes to each other all day for four hours. I do that from 5.30 to 10 every morning. And then from 10 to noon, I jump right into more of a newsy, but still really fun uh, kind of political talk show, which takes me right up until noon. And then the rest of the day, I do my own thing, which is, uh, you know, my new website, The You Show, and, and coaching and helping people create their own online podcasts and live streams and really, really, you know, using what I know from, from two decades now in broadcasting, you know, and, and translating that into, into social media. So my radio career has been, has been long and, and kind of, you know, it really, it's odd to have been in one place for so long in the radio industry. It's a lot like professional sports. You get traded or you get, you get cut or you have to move to a different city. But I've now been here in Jacksonville, Florida for 12 years. And knock on wood, it doesn't look like I'm going anywhere anytime soon. As far as my entrepreneurial journey, I mean, that's something I've always been interested in. I've always had a passion for creating stuff and public speaking and teaching and and basically, you know, learning something and then turning around and giving it to somebody else. So for years, I've dabbled in all kinds of different things. But just over really the last five or six years, when, when, I, when social media has really kind of come to the forefront, I realized that the skills I've learned as a radio broadcaster really put me in a great position to to do really well on social media. And and for those those of you that don't know, I was the host of the very first talk show to ever be uh, distributed entirely on Snapchat. That there was a show called Talk and Snap, which I developed back in 2015. And Snapchat was the new hot thing, not so much anymore. But back then it was everybody wanted to know about Snapchat. And by taking what I knew in my real life, my job, my, you know, my on-air persona as a radio host and translating that into a Snapchat, into the Snapchat format and coming up with a talk show, I was able to interview Snapchat celebrities and Viners and YouTubers and social media stars and really build a huge, massive following really quickly piggybacking off of them. Uh, you know, I, I got nominated for Shorty Awards. I was then asked to come and speak about Snapchat because, again, all these people knew they had to be on Snapchat, but they had no clue what it was about. Um, you know, so they invited me to come and speak to their groups. I was flown all over the world. I, I spoke in Vegas and Germany and Dallas and New York and everywhere else. And from there, I kind of said, well, this is great and all that, but I do have a job. I'd love to teach people. I'd love to coach them. I need to do it from home. And that's when I built up my 1,000 Shows program, which has now evolved into... The you show, and I do that right here from my office so it 's really been kind of a kind of a journey that that you know i didn't really i didn 't really direct it anywhere it just kind of directed me, but I love where it 's taken me
0: so you know what I just love about that is a couple of things one, I think a lot of people who maybe were in what I would consider more traditional mediums like radio mm-hmm. um, or any other kind of jobs for a long period of time and, and have an established career in that could really be intimidated and scared of all this social media stuff, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, just all these things. And, and you were able to kind of go, no, no, I'm not scared of those things. I'm ready to like latch onto it and take the relationship skills that you already had and the communication skills that you already had. Because that's what yeah. I've been trying to tell people about social media in general is it's no different than anything else. It's just relationships. It's just communication. It's just a different medium. It's a vehicle that you put the information on and that's where you send it along. Yeah, that's
1: exactly right. And you know, for years when I was st- first starting in broadcasting, all my broad- all my production uh, program directors and bosses would just tell me to shut up. They'd be like, "You talk too much. You have 10 seconds to introduce the song. <laughs> you have to get your thought out in 10 seconds." And so my whole life I've been trained to entertain and inform and inspire people in 10-second bursts. Well, then Snapchat comes along, And you've got literally 10 seconds to do something. So I'm like, well, this is perfect for me. You know, plus people are always like, oh, Snapchat disappears after after 24 hours. Instagram stories, they disappear. They kind of evaporate. Same with radio. You say something and it's out there. And unless you've recorded it, it's gone. So you've got to make sure that you get it right the first time. So radio broadcasters and TV uh, personalities, I believe, have been trained very well to dominate social media, whether they choose to or not. And one of the things I realized with social media and one of the things I grasped was just because you have the power, like everyone's got a phone, right? You have the power to broadcast. You can do a podcast. You can do a live stream. You can make your own TV show if you want. But just because you have the ability to do it doesn't mean that you can do it. It doesn't mean you have the skill. So what I do is I take what I've learned in, in my 20 years in broadcasting and I teach regular entrepreneurs, regular business owners who are diving into social media broadcasting. I teach them the tricks of the the trade that are going to make them just, you know, that much better than the competition.
0: Yeah, I I think that's awesome. And it's so needed right now because there's so much opportunity for those things. Like you said, I mean, the idea of doing a live broadcast, you know, 15 years ago, it was impossible. Like, I mean, it wasn't impossible, but it required a lot. You had to be at a TV station or a radio station to pull those things off. And now, like you said, it's in the power of your palm of your hand. But Is it valuable time that you're actually spending doing that? Because I think a lot of people can waste a ton of time, you know, doing something or the other opposite is they just sit around talking about doing or thinking about doing it, never actually taking any action.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely right. And the thing about social media broadcasting is people will, they, you know, they're not really sure how to, I mean, they've never just been taught how to put together a show, something that people are going to watch. Because again, you can go on, you know, this is what I see all the time on Facebook Live. I see people go, hey, we're live. Hi, Janet. Hi, Jack. Oh, what's up, Sadie? Hi, hi, Jack. Hi, Jack. And I go, what? What am I watching? Why am I listening to this list of names? You know, you don't turn on the television, and the local news doesn't go. Oh, hey, Mark. Hey, Jay. We're gonna get to the news here in a minute. First, we want to say hi to everybody who's watching. No, that's right. not. That's not gonna draw people in. So there are, you know, there are a lot of little nuances and things like that that people can just they can pick up on, and they can create their own show from the palm of their hand.
0: And the power of that is huge. I mean, uh, that's basically what I'm doing here with this podcast is having Mm -hmm. the opportunity to create a show that's designed around an audience that I actually care about and want to help. And I mean, this kind of thing is perfect for those people that are listening who are going, gosh, you know, I've been thinking about having this or that, a, a vlog or a podcast or this. But the idea of having a show, you kind of package that a little bit differently from a mindset versus just this you know, ambiguous thing. So talk a little bit about that and like what you mean by having your own show and what the value of that might be for somebody who's in any different kind of business.
1: Yeah, I mean, a show is the best way I can can think of it is, you know, you order something from Amazon, right? The UPS truck comes around the corner and it dumps the package on your front door and you're like, oh my God, I've been waiting for that. And you run out and you get the package. And a lot of people think that a podcast or a YouTube video is the package. It's not. A podcast is the UPS truck. And nobody cares about the UPS truck. What you care about is the package inside, what's being delivered to you. That's what gets you excited. That's what you want. That's the show. So when people say, I need to start a podcast or I need to live stream, basically, they're just talking about a tool. That's like somebody saying, I need to hold a hammer in my hand and hit a nail. Uh Uh-uh. You need to build a house. You need to build a tree house. You need to fix that squeaky door. You need to put on a show. And people confuse the two. So If you're just podcasting or if you think that a podcast is going to help you, it's not. You need a lot more than that. You need entertainment, information. You need to enlighten your audience. You need to connect emotionally with them. You need to make sure that they're going to watch you after three seconds because the average viewer won't unless you come out of the gate with something to offer them. Then you've got to know how to capture that audience and have them come back more and more times uh, when you create new content for them. And then because we're all in business, I assume, you've got to figure out a way to sell that audience without repelling them. And there's a right way and a wrong way to do that and of course when it comes to sales that's something we in the radio and television industry know all about because you know it's all about it's all about broadcasting for money so these are all things that seem daunting they're really not they're simple formulas they're simple steps that you can follow and that's kind of you know that's kind of what I hope to uh to teach people but you definitely you can't just deliver information you know you need a show otherwise otherwise people aren't going to pay attention
0: you know, it's interesting because it, I've, I've seen multiple things of yours. I don't remember how you first started popping up in my feed everywhere, but now I feel like I see you everywhere, which is <laughs> yeah. great.
1: Man, oh, okay. What, oh, perfect. It's like, that guy hear, again? Right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah no, no, it's good. But it's good stuff. And, and and there were a couple things specifically that I remembered. Um, there was one where I had signed up for an email uh, from a guy named Ping Jun.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: he's got all kinds of different educational stuff on, on different uh, ways to expand your social media, all this kind of stuff. And in there, in one of his emails was actually a video of you giving him a testimonial about a particular product or service or something that he did. Oh, wow. I thought, yeah. I thought, what a great way to help somebody else because you're giving him a, a great looking, high quality testimonial video. But you're also now putting yourself in the same space because I had heard about him through some other things. Now I see you and I'm like, oh, I know that guy. Like I've heard of him before. Like I've heard him on the radio. And, and then I watch the video and then I, you know, then I probably connected back to one other thing or another. So I think that's maybe how I originally landed on oh, wow. your- current content that you have out there and then even like leveraging I saw another video I remember that you did and it said something like I think it was like you're not Gary Vee or something like that do you have a video like that yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I do I have a very <laughs> yes I have a very popular video about uh, not being Gary Vaynerchuk <laughs> that was one of the things that really cat the Peng Joon thing I want to talk about too because that's really yeah. that's one of my in, that's one of my inside secrets which I want to share with people now that you now that I know that it works yeah um, it worked for me <laughs> but the Gary V ad uh, for you know in the entrepreneurial space Gary V is the ultimate. And everybody tries to emulate him, which is fine. You should have a mentor. You should, the way you learn something is by copying somebody else and then eventually bringing in your own flavor. What I saw was a lot of people were copying him and forgetting the whole bring in my own flavor, bring in my own personality. So I made a fun little video about it, explaining to people why they aren't Gary Vee, but how they could be. And of course, the re, the, you know, you need a vehicle, you need a show. That's how Gary Vee became Gary Vee. Before he was Gary Vee, yep. he was Gary Vaynerchuk, a wine salesman from New yep. Jersey, who, cre- who took his flip cam, if you even remember flip cams, and recorded wine videos every single day for 1,000 days. And in the process, turned a $1 million a year wine shop into a $60 million online wine empire. And that's the power of a show. Only after that did he become Gary V, Uber driving, hoodie wearing, cursing, non-shaving, <laughs> shoe selling, you know, all social media god. And so that's the natural progression. And that video really appealed to a lot of people because again, he's a huge name in the industry. People can relate to this kind of, you know, this weird, uh, this, this thing that was going on where people were basically just ripping him off. And, uh, and that's what really helped me launch my 1000 Shows program was that video. And then of course, I had another video after it, you are not Oprah Winfrey. And then I had, you are not Ty Lopez and you are not Grant Cardone and all these other great ones. But the Peng Jun thing though, this is something actually that uh, i met Grant Cardone a couple of times and I've worked with him when Periscope was huge. Mm-hmm. I, was the, I was one of the top 10 Periscopers when it came out. And Grant Cardone was another one. So we had something called Periscope Summit in New York City. And I went to New York City and I introduced Grant Cardone and we hung out and we took some selfies. And he's a lot shorter than you might think. But um, <laughs> but what but what he told me was, you know, he said he had this one thing. He goes, always send a testimonial, whether they ask for it or not. Take your camera, record a testimonial because They'll share it. And Peng Jun's a great example of that. I bought one of his courses. It was like a, it was like a $30 ebook or something. Yep. And what I did was, I, he had a, a copy of an, a Facebook ad. And he said, use this Facebook ad as a template. So I did it. I ran the ad. I think I made something like $1,300 or something from a $60 ad spend. And I go, okay, that's pretty good. So I just shot him a quick testimonial video. And then the next thing I know, I'm on his website. I'm in his membership group. He's sending out my photo and my link in emails, and he's got a really big email list. I'm on right. his Facebook. So it was it was a great piece of advice from Grant Cardone. And it was a great thing that works when I in fact after this, I there's like eight people I have to. I'm gonna do that some more after this. But it's a great way to to get, you know, again, and like you said, I'm now aligned with Peng Jun because of that one 30, what was it, oh one minute, 30 second video? Yeah. That right. I sent him, I'm now in the same
0: category as him, and I'm getting all this free publicity. But I remember watching it and thinking like, man, that is so smart. <laughs> but going back to Gary Vee, here's one thing I think is really important for people to think about is yeah. you mentioned Gary in the early years. He was actually really bad. Like he personally wasn't horrible, but the, like the show. <laughs> the oh, it was awful. The whole thing was kind of a disaster, but what he had, which a lot of people don't have is perseverance Mm -hmm. and he was willing to do another one and another one, another one, another one. And so my point of all this is that he actually kind of learned the slow and the hard way because he tried and tested, tried and tested, tried and tested and adjusted for a long period of time before he was ever anybody that was any, you know, level of success. And what you're trying to do in this scenario and what I'm trying to do with this podcast Your case, starting with the show, my case with running a small business is the idea of you don't have to spend 20 years figuring it out. Right, You can just learn it in a short period of time, get the highlights of what you have to know and just execute against those versus doing what Gary did, which was spend 20 years figuring it out. Yeah, absolutely. And, and
1: people should know this. Like my course is great and I'm an awesome coach and you'll learn a lot and you'll get my 20 years of you know, knowledge and, and helpful information boiled down and you'll be light years ahead of everyone else. But everything you do will be bad at the outset. Everything, yeah. is, everything new is bad. When I started my Snapchat show, it was horrible. I mean, Snapchat was a big, it was a big turning point for me because when I downloaded it, I did what everybody did. I took a picture of myself and I drew on my face. <laughs> and, you know, like I tried to make myself the Mona Lisa or attacked by an octopus or whatever these big Snapchat stars were doing. And I'm a, I suck at art. I'm not an artist. I'm, I, I can't draw my, you know, I can't draw a circle. So eventually I was like, forget the art. I'm just gonna do what I do, which is talk. I'm gonna do a talk show. I'm gonna interview people. I'm gonna be entertaining. And that's when it really clicks. And so many people will take an app and they'll try to let the app change what they do instead of you know making the app change to accommodate them. And that's really where you're gonna succeed. You're already good at something. You're already an expert at something. Any new app or social media or or thing that comes along is just another way for you to display the skill you already have to the world,
0: Yeah, I love that. I, I think there's one thing actually interesting that I just picked up on as, as you were talking. And it's about adoption of new platforms and just finding the vehicle that ch- that's available at the moment and getting on that vehicle really soon. Because it sounds like you kind of did that with Snapchat and Periscope. Because you got in there early, you started figuring it out, you produced content that worked for you and the skill sets that you had and created a show that made sense. And in both of those instances, you got exposure that you might not otherwise had because you were willing to kind of, all right, let's try this new thing and let's see how this works. And, you know, yeah. So talk about that exploration a little bit and how you kind of landed on, like, what made you go? I'm going to start Snapchat or I'm going to start doing Periscope.
1: Well, yeah. The thing about Snapchat, being in radio actually led me to Snapchat because, as I said, I host a morning show, which is targeted toward our, our ideal demographic is like a 20, 22 year old female. And Snapchat was, I mean, that's who was driving Snapchat at the time. Young girls were on Snapchat. So I got into it because I needed, I mean, I needed to talk about it on the on the radio. My listeners, you know, were, were using it. I needed to know about this thing and I downloaded it, couldn't figure it out, deleted it. And <laughs> I thought, forget Snapchat. But a couple of weeks later, I read an article about these three guys in New York City who were earning $100,000 a month on Snapchat. So I downloaded it again. and <laughs> I was like, I'm going to figure this out. And one of the guys is now a good friend of mine. His name is Sean Doris. And he is arguably the most famous of all Snapchatters. Yep. He's kind of gone into YouTube now. He owns a, a gaming team, a virtual gaming team. And he has a Twitch channel, which is very popular. But he and I, have, I've worked with him for years. I've gotten to know him. And one of the things he said to me was, look, unless you're already a celebrity, like a Kardashian, for example, or Paris Hilton or John Mayer, who's big on all these social networks, unless you're already a celebrity, the only way you're going to become huge is if you are first. And Mm -hmm. we were, you know, first on Snapchat when it was really kind of coming into the game. So when Periscope came along, there was something in between called Meerkat and Meerkat, disappeared it got squashed by periscope periscope kind of got squashed by facebook live but meerkat was the first one and i missed the boat on that and i remember going god i i really wish that i'd known about meerkat cuz i feel like i definitely could have could have utilized that well when periscope came out i remember this i was actually in orlando i was hired by a, a radio company to come and talk about snapchat so i was supposed to be giving a speech about snapchat and at 6am that morning my speech was at 9 at 6 a.m. that morning, uh, the Periscope app became available in the App Store, so I immediately downloaded it and I started periscoping my entire day, the very first day that the thing was downloaded. And I was learning everything about it, and I was tapping for hearts and whatnot. And I actually walked into my Snapchat talk, my Snapchat you know um, keynote, periscoping. And everyone's like, are you Snapchatting? I go, no, I'm Periscoping. And you people don't even know what Snapchat is, so I'm not even going to try to explain to you what this is. But because of that, because I was there at the right time and because I was dedicated to adopting the new technology in, you know, in days, I was up there in the top 10 most loved Periscopers. They don't do that anymore, but it was great. And I made a ton of friends and I got to know a lot of great influencers and Grant Cardone, who, again, was another guy who jumped on that platform really quickly and, you know, because again, if you're not already famous, maybe not the only, but the best way to become famous on a platform is to be first.
0: Yeah, that's huge advice. And matter of fact, the same thing just happened just recently with my young, my oldest son, he's 14, he um, plays the guitar. He just started his own YouTube channel and he's having fun with with it, and I told him like, look, first of all, just be consistent. But then, the, to tie on what you're just talking about, there's an app that he uses. I can't remember what it's called now. It's Guitar something or other, right? Um, and they just kind of rolled in this social media piece where you could post a video yeah. inside the app. And so they're trying to create their own community in the app. And so immediately, as soon as that came out, same day it came out, he started to post in his first video, and he ended up in like you know the top charts. Because exactly what you said. That's exactly it. it. The day it came out, and so he's he's first one on the on the thing. He's already got he's already producing videos every day anyway for his YouTube channel. Took the same content he was already putting on YouTube, put it inside mm-hmm. that app, and all of a sudden he's you know getting all these likes and follows and everything else. Oh, that's awesome! He was one of the first one to it. So that's, that's pretty, awesome. Great advice. One thing I'm interested about is you know you have that like tenacity and energy, and you're not you're <laughs> so used to being in front of people. And, and being live. But a lot of people don't have that kind of experience. Like you've been in front of a microphone for so long. That's not scary. I mean, I guess I'm, I'm presuming this on you, but it doesn't seem like that's very scary for you. And for a lot <laughs> of people, even for me, like people look at me, they're like, well, Jay, you're so good in front of crowds. And you, you know, you're just a natural extrovert. And I'm like, no, I'm actually a total natural introvert. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it kind of terrifies me sometimes. And I remember like when a lot of those platforms came out, I'm a technology early adopter. And I think the reason I didn't do those things was because I was just scared of not knowing what to say or, you yeah. know, of being embarrassed to myself or people thinking I was stupid or whatever. And that's as like a grown adult with, you know, a bunch of kids. And, you know, so I'm curious for you, like, are there areas where you've had to overcome, and it may not be that, but areas that you've had to overcome, like that self-doubt or that inside thing, or have you always kind of had that energy to go, I've got it?
1: Oh no I, I mean I doubt myself all the time. I, like introverts, first of all, if there's anyone listening who's an introvert and you're worried about this because I work with a lot of different people, introverts often are better at this kind of social media broadcasting or this kind of social media marketing because they, they over prepare almost extroverts, a lot of times, they, you know, they're like, oh, I can handle it. I'm a fun loving person. And they get out there and they freeze or they stumble or they're not sure what to do. But if you're petrified of going in front of somebody on camera or if you're petrified of recording a podcast, you're going to be really prepared. You're going to go over it in your mind a thousand times. And when it when it actually happens, you're going to be in a better situation than most Extroverts. I work with ClickFunnels. And in fact, I'm on the ClickFunnels speaking team. And Russell Brunson, who runs the company, is a huge introvert. Doesn't like talking to anybody at all. But he gets up on stage and says, sells millions of dollars worth of product because he knows every word of every slide. He knows when to raise his hand, when to do a, a trial close, when to you know mention something, when to tell what story, because he's petrified. He wants to have it all memorized because that way it makes it easier for him and it relieves that anxiety. And so oftentimes you'll find that the best social media broadcasters, the best live streamers, the best podcasters are introverts for that very reason. Now, having said that, I'm not an introvert. As you can tell, I'm an extrovert. And because I've been doing it for 20 years, yes, it's second nature. Uh, You know, it's so funny because people, whenever they hear themselves recorded for the first time, they go, oh, my voice sounds so weird. Well, I don't feel that way because I've only heard my voice through headphones for the last 20 years. <laughs> That's right. Um, so to me, it's natural. But the the one thing you can do if, uh, you know, and the one thing that, the one thing really that I suffer with is the non-broadcasting stuff. Whenever I, let's say, run a new ad, I'm like, oh, do I know what I'm doing? Am I going to be able to find the right audience? You know, when I send a lot of email and I'm, I'm kind of getting, am I emailing too much? Am I emailing too little? Do I need to shorten it? Do I need to link it? There's a lot to social media and marketing that I don't necessarily you know, excel at or have the same amount of confidence in just because you know, one on one sales. I don't really do I feel I'm much happier selling to a thousand people at one time than I am one person. I get really intimidated by that. So everybody has something and and I have it too. Now as far as getting in front of the camera, you don't have to be live. People often they they mistake what I do or what what you do as live. And it's not this is pre recorded. Right. A lot of what I do on the radio is pre recorded. And you don't it's just you in a room yelling into a camera. So, yeah. if you don't want anyone to see it, no one ever will that 's how you start don't start with live streaming if you're if you're if you're uncomfortable with it. Record a short twenty second video then a thirty second video then a a one minute video. One of my guys in my program, one of my students he was he had a genius idea he said i didn't like the way I looked on camera so what I did was i just turned my camera on. And while I was doing work, while I was sending emails, while I was just, you know, hanging out, while I was doing conference calls, whatever, I would have the camera on and I was, I would see myself. Hmm. So after he goes like a week and a half of just staring at myself in the camera, 24 hours a day, I didn't care what I looked like on camera anymore. And it, and it's genius. You know, it, it comes from practice and comfort and that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, that's really good stuff. One of the things that uh, kind of comes out of that, what you were just saying to me is, finding what your strengths are and then focusing on those strengths. One yeah. of the things I always say to people is, look, you can focus on your weaknesses, but if you're a one at something and you go to a three, <laughs> right. you still kind of suck. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're a seven and you go to a 10, all of a sudden you're really, really, you know, <laughs> impressive at it. And so, so I think that, and I probably stole that from somebody to be honest. Yeah, no. But I think that idea of focusing on your strength and you know like where your wheel is and, and somebody, it might be video, it might be audio, it might be the written word. It doesn't have to be like, there's so many different ways that people can, can communicate and find yeah. their path out there. But I, I love that idea of what that guy did where he just started recording himself until you just get over it. Like, because most of our own feelings about those things are our own self-doubt and we're probably more negative about ourselves at least i am than other people are towards us in the first place
1: oh the people don't care about you they care about yeah, themselves that's, right, that's, that's right. why they're listening to you they're not listening to your podcast because <laughs> they right. care what you look like or sound like they're listening because they want something for themselves yeah. and you know i mean people will look at me and say you know i can did you watch that video i posted i go yeah i loved it they go was my hair weird looking and i go well number one i'm not the expert on hair number two I didn't notice your hair because I was listening to what you were saying and I was trying to figure out how it related to my life. So that's what people are concerned about. Everybody is is selfish when they're consuming your content. They just care about how it makes
0: them feel. Yeah, that is absolutely huge. And, and I, that's something we're really pushing right now in the marketing world overall is that most companies want to position, most companies and most people want to yeah. position themselves as the hero of the story. And really, they shouldn't be the hero. They should be the guide. You know, their job is to help guide somebody else towards success. And and we all just talk about ourselves too much. I used to lead with on our website, like, I've been in business for 20 years and I've yeah. done this and I've done that. And I started this when I was a kid and blah, 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 blah. And eventually, I read this book called Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. And uh-huh. he basically said exactly what you just said, which is they don't care about you. They care about, they have a problem they're trying to solve. Are you able to help them solve that problem or yeah. not? Do you understand the problem that they have? You know, Are, Do you have empathy towards that? Do you have the authority to solve it? And those things have been really, really huge. So, I love that you touched on that because I think that is uh, so important right now.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's the, the whole reason when I evolved 1,000 shows, you know, I started 1,000 shows by saying, I'm going to help 1,000 entrepreneurs. Did yep. that, but I didn't want to abandon the project. So, I transformed it. I and mean, I thought to myself, you know, what have I been doing? I've been helping people create a show of their own. So we called it the You Show. And mm-hmm. that gets more I mean, that gets everyone's attention because people go, Yeah, what is the Me Show? I want a show. Yeah, the You Show. That's me. He's talking to me. He has a show for me. And and it, it's the
0: best way to connect with somebody is to say, Hey, here's your show. Now go and succeed with it. Yeah, it's great. And, and that stuff is so powerful for people out there right now. And it really doesn't matter what industry people are. It could, could be a real estate agent. You could oh, be yeah. a you know, uh, whatever, like really any industry right now, I think has value in having a show and, and having the right tools in place to do that. There's a certain level of just perceived authority too, if you're doing it well, that people kind of go, oh yeah, well, he's got a show, you know? And it's like, he might not even have any people tell me like, well, how many people listen to your podcast? I'm like, I don't even really care. Like yeah. it's a perceived authority. I mean, I do care because I want it to help people. Like that's right. Be honest. But like, there is that like Oh, he's got a show. Oh, he's got a show. What kind of show does he have?
1: You know? 100%, 100%. And that is the biggest thing that people are coming to realize. A show opens up a door. A podcast does not because That's everybody great. has a podcast. Yeah. But if you have a show, I mean, if you call a restaurant and say, hey, um, I have a podcast, they'll be like, eh. But if you say, hey, I host my own show and yeah. I'd like to come down and I want to bring my audience they're going to they're gonna open up the doors for you. I mean, it's, it's such a different, you know, uh, like you said, it's, it's a part of, of authority. And every business, I say this in my, in my marketing material because it's true, every business is show business. Tomorrow, I just booked a podcast interview with a chiropractic podcast. Because <laughs> chiropractors need, to, I, mean, I mean, if you have competition, you've got to figure out a way to set yourself apart from the competition. If you're on Facebook, you know, people are doing this. You've got you've to figure out a way to stop their thumb. You know, it's all about stopping the thumb. And yeah. a show will stop the thumb, you know, a podcast, a video will not. And it, it goes for any industry, whether it's real estate, like you said, uh, you know, I work with a, I work with a tarot card reader. I worked with yeah. a guy who had a drag racing magazine. We created a great show for him. Uh, you know, preachers. I have a guy who's a preacher and he's just, he's just trying to sell books to people that need to hear his message. So no matter what you do, you need a show.
0: Yeah. And I think the two, the other, I think some people think sometimes as they go, well, there's other people already saying what I think and believe. And I'm like, yeah, but everybody has their own, everybody's life is different. Everybody has different different perspective. Everybody cares about different people in different ways. <laughs> yeah, and, and there's there's all kinds of value. And I had a speaker one time tell me that and they're like, look, it doesn't matter if some of the things you're saying are things that other people are already saying. That's always been true. it's yeah. just a matter of how you're presenting it and certain people are going to connect. The other big value of the show that you were talking about too is, is that a random cool video of some, something might make you stop and watch it, but a show is something you can subscribe to and mm-hmm. that you want to listen to over and over and over again every two weeks. My new show comes out every week, every whatever it is. Like, yep. you know, there's, there's something that you can actually subscribe to and, and get continual ongoing feedback. And it's like recurring revenue in business. You build up that recurring audience. Now, all of a sudden, you have something that has some value to it. Oh, recurring.
1: I mean, that's huge. uh, One thing I want to touch on with, you know, people saying there's already people saying what I say. And you're, first of all, that's great because that means that it's a marketable message. So definitely stick with that. The second thing is it doesn't matter. And I use my wife as an example all the time because for years, you know, she has her own business as well. And she's got the family and the kids. And I always tell her, look, you have to take time for yourself. Put yourself first. You've got to be happy. If you're not happy, nobody's happy. Take care of you. You are the number one most important person in your life. And she's like, yeah, but the kids, yeah, but that yeah, but the house, yeah, but my business, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden she turns on the Oprah Winfrey show and Oprah says, put yourself first, take time for you. And she comes back, she goes, you know what? I need to put, I need to put myself first. Oprah said it. And I go, I've been saying it for 20 years, <laughs> yeah. but it's, you know, you hear Oprah as the expert. So yes. that's the thing. Everybody has a different expert, a different mentor. The message can be identical, but if if it depends on who's delivering it.
0: Yeah, so good. That's really valuable, and that's actually a great segue too. Because I always love to talk about this whole idea of work-life balance. I don't even really love that word that much because I don't really think it is balance. That's my personal opinion. But yeah. I'd like to hear, like, from you, what does that phrase even mean to you, and then how is it applied over life? Because obviously, you got a lot of stuff going on. As you said, you're not only an entrepreneur, but you're also an employee. You, you got all, and you're a, you're a husband and you're a father. How do you make all that work and feel like I'm not insane and I'm you know still <laughs> care of the people oh. that I need to. I'm
1: insane, don't get me wrong, <laughs> uh no, you know what it's really interesting it's been I've been really blessed to have a job that allows me i mean the bulk of my life free my for the last ever since I broke into radio, which I was twenty at the time mm-hmm. I've worked in the morning, and for those of you that don't know, the morning shows typically start somewhere between five and six a m which means I'm up about 4, 30, 5 o'clock every single day, and I'm done you know when it, when I just did the one show, I was done by ten. We had a little bit to do afterward. I was done by noon. I was home by one o'clock, which means when the kids got back from school, I was here. When they were babies, I was here to you know let my wife take a nap. And my whole life I've had afternoons and evenings free. It's also awesome around Christmas time because you can go to the mall on Tuesday at like noon and there's no crowds. So that's been kind of, you know, something that that has been a a benefit to me and something I would never want to give up. I would never want to do an afternoon show. And then when they said you need to do a second show or we want you to branch into this talk format, we think you'd be really good at. We think it's marketable. I can go. Great. I'm still I still want to leave at noon, though. So we figured out a way where I do one show uh, from from 530 to 10, the next show from 10 to noon. And as a result, I've had to manage my time even better. It's taught me a lot of great time management. But I still get home at 1230. I have lunch with my wife every day. I take my kids to their sporting events. We have dinner together. And I have a big bulk of time as a result to be here in my house and create these, these other shows and these other ancillary products and these other projects. And sure, every now and then I travel, uh, but not as much as, you know, as perfect. In fact, one of the things that I launched uh, last year, which I'm relaunching shortly, is a program called Speak From Home. Mm. Which is which teaches professional speakers who don't want to travel 280 days out of the year just to put their kids through college how to take those skills speaking and do it like I do um, from your home. So well, it's it's I'm been something. sign up for that.
0: I'm oh yeah, for that because I love that idea. I have five young kids, and so the idea of me, I love public speaking. They're like I love, I love being on stage. I love sharing a message. I love helping people but I also don't really want to travel like a lot of folks do, you know? Yeah, and, it's
1: not as glamorous as they make
0: it look on no, Instagram. Yeah. No, it's great for them maybe, but not for me. I'm not going to be on the road, you know, yeah. 50 weeks out of the year. It's not going to happen. So that's yeah. super interesting for me. I for mean,
1: sure. so you, Yeah, but you just basically, what you have to do is decide, you know, what you want, what you're willing to sacrifice and and just make it happen.
0: So Yeah, love it. So last thing I always like to kind of wrap up with is uh, two things. One, how you continue to educate and grow yourself. The second mm-hmm. is going to be Any kind of parting advice for people that we haven't already touched on, and and then obviously where they can find you online. So let's start with the first one. And that is you're obviously pouring into a lot of other people. You're doing a lot of coaching, training, educating, but along with that, you've got to learn and grow yourself. So where do you do that now? What does that look like for you on a day to day, week to week basis?
1: Well, I mean, the thing is, that's a great question. That's a really great question. I learned so much by teaching and I know that seems weird, but what, but like, I don't know everything. So just because I have a coaching course or just because I have this group of individuals in the U show, uh, you know, when we meet every week, I get a lot of questions and the questions I get are not always things that I know, but I go out and I find them, or I know somebody who knows it, or I can figure it out pretty quickly on. And so by teaching others and by, and by having people ask you questions, you're forced to learn, or you're first forced to update your knowledge because things are changing all the time. You know what I, what I would tell somebody about creating a show year year or two years ago when i started this is very different than what i would tell them now just because things are so you know so things are always evolving in the space you know so that's the first thing so i learn a lot by teaching i try i try to consume as much as possible but i don't get wrapped up in the consumption you know i do like i did people always laugh at me because the first thing i do when i get in my car after i've done six hours of radio is turn on the radio hmm. because that's my time to say okay what's everybody else doing you know what do I hear them doing that's bad what do I hear them doing that I could that I could borrow or steal really is what it is you so, <laughs> know so so anytime that I have the opportunity to I do that uh, you know I'll listen to, to a lot of podcasts and podcasts are great for that very reason because you can you can find a podcast that is specific to your need and your desire and you can you can you know get a little motivation or inspiration or something like that from that particular podcast so there are, there are tons of ways that I that I keep trying to learn but also by doing I mean the benefit of being in radio is that it's not social media, but I've positioned myself in my company and in my, in my, you know, to, with my audience as the expert. So whenever something new comes along, they either say to me, Hey, how do we do this? Or, you know, they say, B, can we do this? Or can you figure it out? For example, my, my talk show, I stream live on four different places at the same time. We stream it on Facebook, Periscope. We stream it on Twitch. Now we have a Twitch channel and we stream it on YouTube and we broadcast it live. And we were able to figure that out pretty quickly using something called Restream. Hmm. But we went, you know, and now I have people calling me and reaching out to me saying, hey, how do you broadcast your show a lot? So I learned something because I needed it. And now I can turn around and teach it to somebody else. So, you know, just learn by teaching and learn by doing. That's all I can suggest to people.
0: Love it. Any other parting advice, things we haven't touched on, things that when you think about specifically, somebody who's wanting to build a business that lasts, somebody who's wanting to create something for themselves or their family and, and grow, you know, what are some parting, parting ideas you might leave with them? I mean,
1: the one thing I'm going to tell you is that you need to be consistent in whatever you do. And I want people to realize, because this is the number one problem I run into. People, I'll say something like, you need to do a podcast, you need to do a video, but you need to do it consistently. And they say, I don't have time every day. And I go, I didn't say daily. Consistency, consistent does not mean daily. It means on a regular basis. It could be once a week. It could be twice a week. It could be once a month. It could be every third Tuesday in a month that ends with, H, I mean, I don't know what it is. Do any, yeah, I think a couple do. Uh, but you know, that that's consistency as long as you're putting out product that your audience is going to be able to rely on you for. You know, the other thing is to know, like we talked about a little bit, you will get better. You're not gonna recognize yourself. Steven Larson, who's a, a trainer from Offer, um, uh, offer was, uh, you know, I forget his name of his company, but he says, you know, uh, a year from now, you won't recognize yourself in your business. If you just get out there and start creating content every single day and putting yourself in front of an audience. And it's true. Uh, you know, you got one of my, one of my most successful students, Valerie V she started with me. She showed, sent me her very first show. There were like black borders everywhere and her hair was weird and you could barely see her. And it was fuzzy. And then six months later, she sent me her 50th show. And I thought I was watching a network news special with a celebrity. <laughs> she had new glasses. She had her hair done. She had a backdrop. She had lighting. She had a microphone. It was amazing. And that was in six months, just from 50 shows, unrecognizable. So, so start doing it. Realize it's going to be bad. Do it consistently and know that it will transform you, your business, and your entire life.
0: Yeah. I love that. The consistency thing I think is so huge. And also people need to be willing to like adjust their cadence if they need to. Like when I started this show, you know, we were doing one episode a week and I just found that like, with everything else I had going on, it was too much. Mm-hmm. Switched to once a month. I felt like that wasn't enough. So now we do every other week and that feels really good. It's a good yeah. it's a good rhythm. We got a good process for it. and um, And I think just learning as you go is really helpful. But I've also been learning the hard way, which is by just doing it and figuring it out and having somebody who can help walk you through that is really valuable. So on that note, where can people find you? Where's the best place for them to find you online, learn more about you. If they want to start their own show, uh, how can they do that? Best thing to do is go to
1: t h e y o u s h o w. dot com, And if you go there, there's a 17 minute video where I walk you through uh, my simple three-step process that everybody who uses um, social media broadcasting to make money. It's the same process everybody uses. And you can learn that. There's a free download. Uh, you can get in touch with me. You can follow me on Facebook. You can DM me. So the is where you should go for all things Mark K.
0: Mark, thank you so much. It has been really an honor to have you on building a business that lasts. You're an awesome guy. You got a lot of great knowledge and I think you're going to be a, a great benefit to those who are listening to this show. Oh, Jay, thanks so much for having me. Let me know if you ever need me again. I pre- This was a lot of fun. Sounds great. Thanks, Mark. I hope this episode has given you some ideas or inspiration that will help you grow your business if you found it helpful and you know somebody else who might benefit from it as well i would greatly appreciate it if you would take the time to share this with them maybe on facebook or twitter or linkedin or even shoot an email over to a friend uh, with a link to this podcast in it and if you haven't already make sure you sign up for our email list at buildingabusinessthatlasts.com